once again to the theatre of the moon and mind. Today's episode, Immortal Ranger at Briarwood. Dagger and duck beneath a tree branch as he made his way back to Root Corps. He had been to the blacksmiths and had acquired some new training swords for the rangers to use. He would love it when the rangers could actually create their own weapons for magic, but until then he had to continue to make these occasional trips to have new training weapons created. He stepped out into a clearing and was surprised to see a motorbike, much like the one that Nick rode sitting in the clearing. This was a surprise to him because, other than the rangers, only a couple of others actually bothered going back and forth between the forest and the city. Since he knew who the few were that did travel back and forth, this meant it was likely that the owner of the motorcycle was in fact here by accident. The motorcycle seemed to be slightly more worn than Nick's, though, as if it had been on the road more than Nick's had. Nearby was a large muscular figure with their back turned toward him. He was a little on the short side, but made up for it with the wide muscular shoulders that he had. He was dressed in a sleeveless black shirt with black pants. He had a staff in his hands and was going through some sort of complicated exercise routine. The figure spun around quickly and Dagoran was surprised to see such a young-looking face to be the one wielding the staff. The way that the weapon was being wielded, he had presumed that the owner of the weapon would be older. The knight watched silently as the young man continued through the exercises. For a brief moment, he couldn't help but wish that this imposing figure was one of the rangers rather than the others. With skill and ability like this warrior had, it would be an amazing fight to watch. Why, a figure like that might even have one day give Leanbo a run for his money. He inwardly ridiculed himself as he considered the rangers who had proven time and again that they were more than up to the challenge that destiny had placed them in. Daggeron took a step closer and glared downward as he heard a twig snap under his foot. The figure spun around and brought his staff up in a defensive position. Who's there? the young man asked as he looked around for the cause of the sound. While he looked, he began to circle toward his bike. Right here, Daggeron said as he stepped out of the shadows, his hands raised in an unthreatening manner. I apologize for interrupting you. I was only admiring your form. The figure nodded in understanding and relaxed slightly at the sight of the figure before him, but still kept his guard up. I give you my word that I mean you no harm. Dagrin said as he looked the figure in the eyes, hoping the figure could tell that he was being honest with him, otherwise this could be a bad situation. Very well, the figure said as he finished positioning himself near his motorbike. Dagrin nodded in understanding. These were a dark time in the magical forest. It paid to always be alert in case one were to find themselves face to face with the forces of darkness. Unfortunately, trust had to be sacrificed in order that people stay well. Dagoran watched the figure for a moment, and then noticed that the figure had managed to get close to a sword that was hidden beneath a jacket. The only part of the weapon that was visible was the hilt, but that was more than enough to make him wary as well. Why do you carry those sorts of weapons? the knight questioned. They are not the normal types of weapons one finds in this day and age. I could ask you the same thing, the dark-clothed figure said, nodding to the bag where the practice weapons could just be seen hanging out. True, and if you were to ask, I would tell you that they are training weapons for my students. I would have to accept that and keep my eye on you. 
And if I was to ask you why you have your weapons, Tagarin pressed the figure. I live an interesting life, and I prefer to keep my head on my shoulders, the figure said, shrugging at the man as he began breaking the staff down so that he could store it in a bag on his bike. Dagarin nodded in understanding as he realized what he was facing. You are an immortal, he said with confidence. I didn't realize that any of your kind had enough magic in you to effectively cross the barriers that protected the forest. You must be an extremely old one to pass the barriers without turning back. The immortal smiled grimly at this. Afraid not. As far as immortals go, I'm not even that old yet, the figure said. I haven't even made it into my first century yet he explained to the skeptical knight. As for magic, well, I've been around magic off and on since I was 15, so that could answer how it is that I managed to pass through all of the various barriers that protect your forest here, man. Understood. Now how is it that you know about immortals? We're not exactly a people that tell a whole lot of people about who and what we are. Forgive me, I did not mean to worry you over something like that, Dagarin said. My teacher told me how he once knew an immortal of great skill once. I also have access to magical books that tell of all magical beings, no matter what part of the world that they fit in, and a description was in there when I was learning about magics that I wasn't likely to come across. Alright, and what do you know of my kind of beings? You can heal yourselves from virtually any wound, though if something is cut off you cannot grow it back, and only one killing blow can work on you. The knight said as he looked the figure in the eye, not wanting to lie to this figure that was before him. You are all part of a cosmic contest that will only leave one of you alive in the end, and make you able to have a gift, whatever that might be, none know for sure what the winner gets. You know about as much as I do then, the figure said. I'm Jason. He offered his hand to the knight who took the offered hand. And I am Daggerin, the Solaris Knight and fellow teacher to the Power Rangers. Jason's smile faded as he heard that. Power Rangers? You're one of the Power Rangers? I thought that if I skirted the city that I'd be alright and stay away from any chance of things going wrong, he muttered to himself. You know the world of the Power Rangers, then? Daggerin asked, wondering why he was so worried about crossing paths with the Power Rangers. I know enough that I could be dangerous. Jason answered shortly, turning his back on the knight. He began to pack his things up. Our worlds are not meant to mingle, though, Daggerin. If this is the home to the Power Rangers, then I shouldn't be here, and I need to leave before I cause any kinds of problems that none of us could be expecting. I won't take the chance that I'm the only immortal that can cross the barriers that you have here. You could have peace here, though, Daggerin pointed out to the younger-looking man. You could rest from your constant battles. Until another immortal found me, Jason answered, and if they found out a way to gain control of one of your morphers, things would be even worse. No, I won't chance the destruction of your world just so that I can have some peace here for a little while. Maybe in a few years when you don't have active rangers roaming the forests, I'll come back. But for the next five years, though, this place is off-limits to me and my kind. Remember that, Daggerin. Any other immortals that you find must be sent on their way, and never tell any of my kind that you are a Power Ranger. It could be dangerous, the figure said ominously. Very well, if you feel that you must truly go, Daggerin said regretfully. He had hoped that this immortal would be around long enough to help him train the Rangers in some of their combat training. I don't suppose that you would be willing to spend at least the rest of the day here, though. 
I would like for your opinion on my students, and perhaps a change in sparring partners would do them all some good. Jason picked his helmet up and sighed, obviously not wanting to, but some sense of responsibility wouldn't let him just walk away either, now that he had been asked. All right, I'll come by later this afternoon to help out, but after that I have to go. There's no telling what one kind of trouble one of my kind might do here. It's better if I disappear after only a couple of days here so I don't cause too many problems. There's no telling what kind of damage I might cause if I stay here too long. Thank you, my friend. Don't mention it. Where do you want to meet? Meet me at the tree that looks like a dragon. If you do not show, I will come and find you, and if I cannot find you, I will assume that you felt the danger was too great. If you follow that path there, you will eventually make your way to Root Core, he said, pointing to one of the paths that led to the clearing. Thanks for understanding, Jason said as he swung himself over onto the motorcycle. I'll try to make it for their training, though. It should prove interesting. Yes, and who knows, perhaps the two of us could even get some sparring in and we can see how the two of us rate against each other. I'd like that, Jason admitted as he revved his engine on his motorcycle and took off down the pathway that Daggerin had pointed out a few minutes ago. Daggerin grinned before he picked up the training blades and began his cross-country trek. He would make it there much quicker than the immortal would. Korag stepped out of the shadows and watched the two leave. He turned his eyes onto the path that the immortal had taken. So, you fear what would happen if you were to stay, do you? he said with interest. Perhaps we should see what kind of problems you would bring if you were to stay, and perhaps I could make use of you as well as one of my warriors. The wolf knight said as he watched the figure retreat. Korag nodded to himself before he disappeared into a spell seal and reappeared a couple of miles down the path that the immortal had taken. He waited, and a few minutes later he heard the sound of the motorcycle coming this way. He waited until the figure was in view before he stepped into sight. He then drew his sword and began firing energy blasts at the approaching figure. The figure sped up and leaned to the left and right as he tried to avoid the various blasts that would come close to hitting him. As the figure came alongside him, Korag used his sword to slash at the tires, knocking him to the ground. The bike spun around a couple of times before slamming into the ground. Let me guess, the immortal said as he tossed his helmet to the side and glared at the figure in front of him. You're either the head bad guy or the main muscle for the head bad guy. His ultimate warrior, or general, or whatever other title it is that you're using. Very good, immortal, Korag said as he looked down at the figure that had yet to get up from where he is sitting. I am Korag the Night Wolf. I saw you and Daggerin were most friendly, and I thought I should see why you were so worried about staying here for too long. The figure on the ground glared as he finally climbed to his feet. It's better to just disappear than to risk having to fight friends, the figure said coolly. I work a lot more brutally than the Power Rangers prefer to do, and they can't get on General's stomach what it is that I have to do, so I have to keep myself away from them. Korag threw his head back and laughed at the answer he has given. That kind of an excuse may work on those naive Power Rangers, but I am much more aware of the ways of the world than they are. Besides, you told the Solaris Knight that you feared for their powers. Yet you seem to think that you could have withstood the temptations of wanting the powers that the Rangers command, which means that you have access to powers of your own. Korag looked the figure up and down with renewed interest as he looked him over. The only question is what power do you have that makes you not want the power of the Rangers? Don't expect me to just tell you, man. 
Jason said as he glared at the purple knight in front of him with silver wolf heads. He was a bit unnerved on how similar to a Power Ranger costume this guy's armor was. The helmet was like a combination of the old animal helmets that a number of former ranger teams had used, and the jagged visor covering the face reminded him of the Dino Thunder Rangers helmets. I have no real need besides what power you may or may not have, immortal, Korag said as he waved the thought away. It is really of no matter to me since it is most likely fueled by the power of goodness. I would rather reform you than to take the chance of you going back to the light. Bigger and more powerful than you have tried to turn me, pal, Jason said as he drew his sword from his bike. I am still here, and them, well, they're gone. We shall see, immortal. Hideax, destroy him, he ordered, and a group of ten Hideax appeared and charged at the immortal. Why is it that you guys seem to be in a contest to make uglier and uglier foot soldiers? Jason asked Riley as he ducked beneath the axe that one of the creatures and returned the favor by slamming his knee into the stomach of the zombie-like creature a couple of times before he spun around with his sword still in hand and slashed the arm off another creature as it tried to come up behind him. Moving quickly, he did a spin kick, knocking a couple more of the soldiers back and snatched up one of the axe weapons the Hideax used and threw it, hitting one in the chest and grinned as he watched it fall to the ground. Jumping to the side, he managed to avoid the attacks of a couple of others, then spun his sword in a circle around him, making small nicks on the monsters which caused them to pull back in surprise. Korag watched with interest. The rangers could learn something from this one if they became as deadly with the blade as this one was. In fact, it was part of what made fighting them somewhat easier than they might otherwise be, since they did not let their darker sides lead them in battle. This warrior was willing to embrace his darker side in an attempt to beat the powers of darkness, though making him much more dangerous. It was an interesting thing for him to see. The night wolf watched as an arm was sliced from one of the Hideax. The figure spun and skewered another one, and then sliced the head off of the last of the creatures that he had sent to attack the figure. Any more of your freak show buddies that you want to send at me? Jason asked as he turned to regard the creature that had set the creatures upon him. I have but one more thing to do with you, immortal, Korag said and began chanting in a nearly forgotten language, and the two were surrounded by one of Korag's spell seals. As they reappeared in the underworld, Jason had fallen to his knees. And now for a spell to change your allegiance, Korag said as he knelt beside the fallen immortal. He began muttering again in a harsh language. Jason cried out in pain as a ball of darkness formed in front of him and began seeping into him. No, not again, he said as he tried to fight the power of the spell. I won't let you do this, he ground out as he tried to fight the change. It is pointless to resist, immortal. In a few minutes you shall be my warrior, and I shall show you what it means to have true power. Korag watched as the spell began to take effect on the immortal, and watched silently as first his skin glowed red, and then a suit of armor appeared over the youth, much like the ranger's costumes appeared over them, only this was armor. He chuckled as he saw the emblems that appeared on the shoulders. Arise, my warrior. Arise, dragon knight. The figure nodded and climbed to his feet and stood in front of Korag. Together we shall destroy the rangers in combat, Korag said with pride. As you say, the figure said, bowing to his controller. 
Daggeron waited near a tree that would take him to Root Core. He knew that this was the path that the Immortal had taken, and yet so far nothing. Had the Immortal decided to leave, had whatever he feared happened, and he had decided to distance himself from the rangers before they were hurt? He was considering using the trees to search the forest for the unknown when his morpher went off. Daggeron, there is a disturbance in the city, Udana's voice said through his communicator. The mystic knight nodded curtly. Very well, I am on my way. Inform the rangers to meet me there, he said as he began running towards the tree that would take him from the forest to the city. Magical force, mystic force, he shouted as he ran, transforming into the Solaris knight. He appeared a few moments later where Hideaks were trying to destroy the city. The rangers appeared at the same time as he did, and they all began disposing of the ground troops. Ten minutes later, the various creatures were all defeated. That was a bit too easy, Nick said from his own position, where he was looking around for any other possible threats. Indeed it was, Red Ranger, Krag said as he stepped out of the shadows. That is why I have here the real challenge. Observe, Rangers, my student whom shall be your end. They all watched as a new figure stepped out of the shadows. No way, Vita commented as she watched the figure set himself alongside Korag. There standing before them was yet another knight. His black armor was just like Korag's, but instead of wolf-head shoulder pads, he had dragon-head ones. The armor was a shiny black with silver dragon-heads. Yes, way, Rangers, allow me to introduce to you the dragon knight. My apprentice, if you will. Rangers, the figure said with a nod. I am the Dragon Knight and one of the children and heir of Malagor. Give up now while you have the chance. I don't think so, Nick said as he drew his magic staff and converted it to blade mode. I don't care how mean your armor looks, you are going down. Hold on there, Nick. Perhaps we can try and reason with him, the Green Ranger said, placing his hand in front of his teammate. Hi there, the name's Xander. I don't suppose that we can convince you not to do this and all. Sorry, but I have to do what I have to do for now, Green Ranger. The Dragonite chuckled at this. It figures that it would be the Green Ranger that would try and talk me out of doing this, though. Trust me, I wish that this wasn't what was about to happen. Then why not back off while you can, mate? Then why not back off while you can, mate? Because I don't have a choice. Strike now while I have some control still. If you say so, the Red Ranger leaped at the knight and the two began fighting. The Red Ranger swung his sword and the knight ducked underneath and made a slashing attack that Nick managed to block. Spinning away from each other, the two then exchanged a flurry of blows back and forth at each other, neither one managing to make a connecting blow that would allow for another type of attack. The two locked weapons and kicked out, pushing each other back. Not bad, rookie, you got some potential. The Dragonite complimented as he prepared for another go at the ranger. We'll show you what kind of rookies we are, mate, the Green Ranger said as he summoned several vines to shoot up from the ground to trap the knight. Power of the forest. The knight's armor turned red hot, causing the vines to burn off. You want to try something better than that, Ozzy? I am heir to a former volcano god. I think I can handle a few tree branches. If you insist, mate. Mystic Muscles. The Green Ranger slammed his fists together as the boxing gloves appeared on his hands, and the bulked-up ranger began swinging at the knight, who slipped to the side so that he could avoid the shots. He then jerked his sword upwards, the hilt rattling Xander's vision. He then spun around and performed a slash attack, knocking Xander back. 
Well, how about a tornado then? Vita asked as her cape became a giant pair of wings, which created a small tornado that was rushing at the Dragon Knight. The Dragon Knight slammed his sword into the ground, and a stream of lava erupted from the ground in front of Vita, knocking her back. Anybody else want to try me? The Dragon Knight asked as he watched the figures. Let's go, Chip, Madison ordered. The Yellow Ranger nodded at the Blue Ranger and began firing bolts at the knight, while the Blue Ranger sought a stream of high-pressured water at their enemy. The Dragon Knight held his sword to block lightning bolts, and the water merely hit the heat shield and rose up into the air with a large cloud of steam. My turn, the Dragon Knight said, and wiped down his blade, and swung the blade at the two, and a beam of fire struck the two rangers, throwing them back. No, Nick said as he climbed back to his feet and saw the condition of his friends. You're not getting away with that, the Red Ranger growled angrily. And what are you going to do about it, rookie? The Dragonite questioned the Red Ranger. You're not exactly in a position to be telling me what I can and can't do. You want to find out what I can do? Fine, try this one then. The Red Ranger tightened his grip on his sword. I summon the power of the Phoenix, he cried, and the fiery avatar for his power appeared. I summon the power of the Dragon, the Knight called out, and the others watched in surprise as the Dragon of Flames surrounded the Knight just as the Phoenix surrounded the Red Ranger. Man, how did he do that? I thought only Nick could do that, Chip said in surprise as he watched the two flame-covered fighters charge at each other. There was a large flare as the two knocked each other back. The Dragon Knight landed feet first and slid away a bit, while Nick ended up rolling into his friends. Ugh, well that was new, Nick said as Xander pulled him up. The others nodded in agreement at this. I suppose this is where I t give you time to regroup the Dragon Knight said as he slid his sword back into its scabbard. No, a voice said, and they all turned to see a smoking Korax and what looked like a glare at a student. Go to Tidian mode, and make sure that you hurt them. I'm sorry, but you hurt him, the figure said. He then raised his arm, and a red and black spell seal surrounded him. Galwit Misto Prifior? He shouted and leaped into the air, jumping through another spell seal. The rangers swallowed as they saw the giant dragon that stood before them. You heard him, guys, let's go, Nick shouted as he pulled out his morpher. They all transformed to their mystic titan form and then faced off with the giant dragon that was facing off with them. All right, guys, let's show this guy some real dragon power, Nick said. Right, the other said, and combined into the mystic dragon. Nick leaped up and landed on the back of the dragon. All right, where is he? Look behind you, rangers, a voice said. Nick turned around and saw a fireball headed their way. The mystic dragon took the shot to the back, and then the dragon was on them, raking its claws across them and knocked Nick from his perch. Nick, the others cried out as they watched the phoenix ranger slammed into the ground. We have to pull back, Madison told the others. There's no way that we can win like this. We need to regroup. The mystic dragon gave one final snarl at the dark dragon before it scooped up the red titan and took off. The power rangers groaned as they limped into root core. Well, that was painful, Vita said as she slumped into a chair. The others nodded in agreement. Guess we know why he's Korag's student, though, Chip said as he sat down on the steps. The guy hardly gave us a chance. 
That's where you're wrong, Rangers, Daggeron said as he walked into the base after them in slightly better condition than the Rangers since he had only been fighting Korag. How do you mean, Daggeron? That guy ripped through us like we were amateurs, Nick complained while Madison started muttering a healing spell over his back. All things considering, you all came out pretty well against an opponent that Korag arranged for you, Daggeron told them as he leaned his arms against the table. You're actually all lucky to be alive when you consider the fact that you went up against someone who is so used to killing their opponents. You've gotten used to Imperius and the creatures that he sends after you. How so? The creatures Imperius has sent at you are all about power, whereas the Dragon Knight was more about the skill. Not to say that he isn't powerful, but he showed quite the amount of skill in combat. Well, wait a minute. Go back a moment there, Daggeron. Killing? Yes, in fact, you actually did manage to hit him with some derbies, Vita, Daggeron said as the crystal ball activated and began to replay the battle. They all watched as the few derbies cut into the armor, then watched as lightning seemed to cover the area that had just been struck, and were amazed as the lightning faded, so did the damage. What in the world is that thing? Nick asked. And what is its power? So far we've seen it do stuff with both fire and lightning. It's human, actually, Daggeron said as he watched the Dragon Knight fight off the rangers. Unfortunately, it appears that he is under some kind of spell. And how do we break a spell like this? Unknown. We will need to get help for this one, maybe, Daggeron said as he continued to stare at the image. Which is why I came, a figure said, stepping out of the shadows. Everyone turned as they saw the figure draw the hood of their dark cloak down. Easy there, I mean you no harm, the man said, raising his hands in the air. I came because my friend is in danger, and with that kind of power that he has, I can't take the chance of his remaining evil. He has to be brought back around and quickly. Agreed, but how does one stop an immortal with the power of fire and thunder at their command, though? Dagger in question, noticing the man was probably about five years younger than he was. I don't know, the man admitted. In your fight, was he particularly proud of a weapon or something? He questioned. How about before we tell you anything, you tell us who you are, pal? Nick ordered, barely keeping his temper in check. Sorry, my greetings didn't seem as important at the moment as making sure no one dies, the man said in annoyance at the Red Ranger. If Jason allows the powers of darkness to totally consume him, then it's likely that we may not be able to stop him at all and once he's fully corrupted by the darkness, he'll begin collecting others. He'll start with Tommy and Kim, and then move on to the others who have shown themselves easy targets for darkness. Trust me, if he ever does that, he'll have an army at his command that not even two ranger teams would be able to beat. It would take something like four or five ranger teams if my calculations are correct. If he's that dangerous, then perhaps we should take him out then. The man grabbed the front of Nick's shirt angrily. You would destroy a man that has nearly died to keep this world safe? You would kill the man who started the red legacy that you now carry? Started? Madison asked cautiously. Yes, started, the man said gruffly as he looked Nick in the eyes. Over ten years ago, that man was the Red Ranger while you were still getting your pants changed. Forgive us, Daggeron told the man soothingly. I am afraid that Nick is a bit impulsive and often says things that he knows he should not. Understood, the man said as he turned away from the Red Ranger. Now what do you know of Jason? Jason isn't the one I met earlier today? Daggering questioned. You did not know? 
I suspected it, Dagrin admitted. But I had hoped that I was mistaken, and that I would find the immortal known as Jason later on today. Immortal? So that is the answer to what it is that he has become, the figure said with interest. Now how do we drain Jason of the evil that is inside of him? I don't know, but we need to figure out what it is that is binding his night power to him, or to at least find out what type of spell was used on him, Dagarn explained. We also need a purifying spell. Claire, that is your job. Find me a purifying spell. You got it, Dagarin, the blonde sorceress said, nodding her head in understanding. Good. As for the rest of you, I need you to prepare yourselves for the coming fight. Rest up, rangers. It may be a while before you get the chance to do that again. Imperius growled as he watched Korag's new student trained. The boy had so much potential, and as the child of Malagor, he was wasting it under Korag's instruction. He's held himself back, though, as he watched the boy defeat a group of Hidiacs. The creatures were hardly even a test for the boy, and he wasn't even using any powers, just his abilities as a fighter. Enjoying the show, Imperius? Necroli questioned as the Vampire Queen joined the Dark Wizard. Korag certainly seems to be, she said, cackling at the wizard who could not interfere since the Wolf Knight's plan appeared to be working. Don't be so sure, the wizard said angrily, shooting glare back at the black-clad creature. It won't take much for the boy to turn on Korag and allow for a suitable teacher. And I suppose you think that you are that teacher? Necroli questioned him with interest. Why, of course. I merely have to get Korag out of the way, and then the boy will be mine. Really? Because we all know you're so good at taking care of boys, the vampire sniped. After all, you managed to capture the light like you told the Master that you would, right? Wait, no, or else we would have already freed the Master already. The Master is not going to ever trust you, Imperius. Accept it. The wizard glared at her before turning around in a huff and heading into some unknown shadowy cave to plot some way or other to gain control of the Dragon Knight. Necroli laughed as she watched the wizard storm off before she turned to watch the Dragon Knight train some more. Maybe she should get her daughter, Lily down here. Perhaps she could provide a suitable distraction in keeping the boy busy when he wasn't fighting the rangers. Besides, the girl needed to help out more than she did, and being around to talk to this boy would be something that she could do without screwing things up like she had the disappointing habit of doing lately. It would also ensure that the girl spent a bit more time down here. The vampire nodded and went to go find the girl who was most likely back up on the surface world. Well, Nick asked as they all looked at the various books that were laying open. There is a way to cure Jason. However, in order to do this, you will need to overpower him, at least temporarily, Dagrin said as he looked up from the book he had been reading. According to our friend here, we can knock out the dark influence in the Dragon Knight, and then all we have to do, hopefully, is disable his powers, which will mean all of us hitting him at the same time, most likely due to the amount of power that the boy has already shown himself capable of using. But if he powers down on his own, we could kill him or blow him up, Madison argued. Unfortunately, it's the only way that we can come up with to stop Jason from destroying the world, the figure in the dark-collared cloak said sadly. We'll have to wait and see what happens afterwards, though, to be sure of what will happen next, though. All right, we got it, Nick said impatiently. Is there anything else you're going to need? We need to wait on the help of someone, the man said. 
Larigo is an oh Jesus. Larigo is an alien wizard who once drained the evil out of Jason and Kimberly once before. I'm hoping that with the help of Udana and Claire, he and his wife can do it again. And how exactly do you make contact with alien wizards? Vetus asked skeptically at the thought of alien wizards. Udana told me she would take care of it and that he is on his way. All we can do now is wait for them to get there, and then we'll move on to some other things, was the reply she got. Right, the girl said as she wondered what they would have to do to take a guy like the Dragon Knight down. Looks like the rest time is over, Rangers, Daggerin said as they saw the globe darken. They're in the forest. We'll have to try and slow them down before they try and do anything, the Solaris Knight told them all. Head for the forest and intercept them now, Udana ordered. Once Larigo and his wife arrive, Claire and I will join you. Until then, though, you have to protect the people. Right. All right, guys, it's time to ranger up. Right, the others said, agreeing as they each drew their phones. Magical source, mystic force. They all cried before they were engulfed in lights, transforming into the latest incarnation of the Power Rangers, Defenders of the Earth. The group took off to confront the two knights that were busy trying to destroy the people in the forest. The group of rangers appeared nearby and began helping the various beings away from the fires that were raging through the small village. Greeting, rangers. Glad you could make it, Korag said as he directed an energy blast at another building. You won't be so happy for long, Chip said as he brought his mystic crossbow out and aimed it at the wolf knight. Now how about you back off before we make you leave, the yellow ranger threatened. Go ahead, ranger. Take your best shot. Korag challenged as he set himself to take the blast. Of course, if you fire at him, I'll fire at Pinky here, the Dragon Knight said as he held a glowing sword ready to release its energy pointed at the Pink Ranger. What are you doing? Korag asked in annoyance. I can take any shot that he can throw at me. Maybe, but there's a little thing called teamwork that we can get to work for us here, the Dragon Knight returned. Now how about you stand down, Yellow Ranger? And if I don't? The boy asked as he held his weapon at the ready for use. Then we'll all see how much of a hit this ranger can take, the dragon knight informed him. Do it, Chip, Vita ordered. There's no way that you're not going to take that shot at Korag. Besides, if you don't, I'll have to kick your scrawny butt all over the place, she threatened her teammate. Right, Chip said as he prepared to take the shot. He then spun around and fired, hitting the dragon knight in the chest. The Red Ranger's sword intercepted the Wolf Knight's sword before it could slam into the Yellow Ranger. Nice shot, Vita complimented Chip as she turned around and saw the Dragonite climbing to his feet. Thanks, Chip said as the two exchanged their special hand sign at each other. Now then, I think it's your turn. I don't think so, Rangers, the Dragonite said as he drew his sword out. But we do, Jason, a voice said. They all turned as several people came out of a portal. There stood Daggerin, and Udana, walking slowly next to them, was a pair of weird furry creatures that were dressed in some kind of robes. You two, the Dragon Knight spat at the two small wizards as he pulled his sword up. Don't think you can stop me this time, Jason sneered. My power is a lot more than even you can hope to deal with this time. Oh yeah? We'll just have to see about that, Nick said as he pulled his morpher out. Ready, guys? Ready, the other said as they formed up behind their friend. Then let's do it. Magical source, mystic force. The Power Rangers looked at the Dragon Knight. Come on then, show me what you got, the Knight said as he beckoned them on. Not so fast, Solaris Knight, Korag said as he grabbed onto Daggerin. 
You and I will not be interfering in this fight. Dagrin nodded at this. Agreed, I'll stay out of it as long as you stay out of it. Agreed. The knights then turned to watch their students begin fighting. The dragon knight laughed as he ducked beneath the magi-staff strikes of the girls before sending a fireball toward them. Spinning around, he slammed the two of them back into a wall, and then spun and fired a bolt of magical power at the three boys who were blown back. Come on, rangers, it's going to take a bit more than that to win against me, the knight said as he picked the green ranger up by the front of his costume and tossed him to the side. You want more than you got it, Nick said as he pulled his morpher back out. Let's show him, guys. Right. Legendary source Mystic Force, the group shouted. A giant flash of light and the rangers were now powered up. Nice outfit change, Dragonite said as he twirled his sword in preparation for the coming fight. A lot better than the capes that you were wearing earlier. Take him down, guys, the Red Ranger ordered. The others nodded and moved in. The Dragon Knight began blocking the attacks from the Magistaffs, jumping from side to side as he blocked the attacks. You want to use staffs? You got it, the Knight said as he summoned another sword. He then brought the two weapons together at the hilts and a flash of red and gold light, and the weapons were now ready for combat. Let's go. He charged and began fighting them back with attacks and parries. This is crazy, Madison said as she held a hand to her chest where she had been hit. She then held her staff up. Tidal wave, she cried. The Dragonite turned toward the Blue Ranger and looked in shock as a giant wave seemed to rise out of the air. The wave slammed into the Dragonite and tossed him back a few feet. All right, Adana, he's down. The group of magic users nodded and surrounded the Dragon Knight. Each of them raised their wands and shot bright lights at the Dragon Knight as he struggled to his feet. The knight groaned as he fell to his knees. No, not this time, the Dragon Knight said with a snarl. He raised his hands up as if to block the good magic, and a flaming dragon formed around him for a moment, then exploded outward, knocking the four mystics backwards. I am not going back to the old way. I am the power, and when I am done here, I will destroy all those like me with my power, and then I will be the only one. The Dragon Knight said as he glared at the fallen magic users, Not even your power is enough to stop me, the Dragon Knight said, sneering at the alien rangers. Good, Korag said as he watched the glowing figure of his apprentice. Now destroy them all with all of your power. Watch it, Wolfie, the Dragon Knight said, turning to face the knight. I could just as easily turn on you. You wouldn't dare, Korag said with a menacing growl. You forget, Korag, I am heir of Malagor, who was around long before your precious master ever was. So don't try me unless you want to see if your power really is greater than mine. Do not even pretend, my apprentice. You may be powerful and even be somewhat skilled, but you are not yet at my level. And if you continue with this manner of acting, I will show you who is truly the more powerful. Maybe after I destroy the rangers, I'll take you up on that challenge. But first, I want to finish this up. I think not, my champion, a voice said. Everyone turned to see a woman in a blue cloak hover above them all. In her hand, she held a sheathed sword. You, the dragon knight said as he held his sword up and pointed the weapon at the newcomer. Why are you here? This has nothing to do with you. This has everything to do with me, my warrior, the woman responded. I have come for what is mine. You have pledged yourself to me until I choose to release you. Dark magic shall not be that which takes you from me. I have use of you yet. I'm not going back to being your attack dog, the figure said as he shot a flame at the floating woman. 
The figure laughed as she held up her hand and deflected the flame with a water shield. Come, warrior, I know that I taught you better than that. Surely the dark power is not holding you that far back. I'll show you what I can do, the figure said as he raised his sword in the air and began swinging the blade in the air. Each time it went around, a small flame seemed to grow from it, till there was a shining flame coming from the blade, which was then pointed at the woman, who was blasted by the flames. Who is that? Nick asked, and how long can she pull that off? For quite a while, most likely, Dagoran said as he watched the woman step out of the flames. She is the Lady of the Lake, and she wants her champion back. Her champion? Yes, it seems that the young man there has pledged his loyalty to her, and she is not about to let Korag run off with her champion, Dagoran noted as they watched the woman shrug the attacks off. So how is she going to do that? Simple, really. All we have to do is break Korag's spell, and I think I may be focused... And I think it may be focused through that sword. And if he keeps going like that, then a good blast of cold will shatter the blade since it's becoming so hot. Right, Madison, you and Vita need to take his sword out, and the rest of us are going to help him turn up the heat. I'll keep him busy. Are you ready, Genji? The Solaris Knight asked as he brought the magic lamp up. Do I really have a choice? The cat genie asked, sticking his head out of the lamp. Good point, the knight said to his friend as he rubbed the lamp before he aimed it at the dragon knight and fired his friend at the person that was being swept away by the dark energy within him. Shining attack, Genji cried out and began taking swipes at the dragon knight, who merely brought his glowing sword up in a blocking move that stopped all of the genie's attacks from hitting him. The result, though, had left him with an extremely hot sword. Now, Nick ordered... Vita, Madison, and the Lady of the Lake all shot out water and wind, drenching the blade. No, the Dragon Knight shouted in defiance. Oh yeah, Nick said as the Power Rangers then formed together. Code 2, they cried out and shot an energy ball of their combined power at the Dragon Knight that knocked him back into his feet. The sword flew from his hands and fell to the ground, and the water and wind mystics blasted at it again, and now and the now-fragile blade snapped under the combined power. The dark armor flickered for a moment and then disappeared, and all that was left was a young man sitting in front of them on his knees. What? What happened? Jason asked as he looked around in confusion. It's all right, Jason, the Lady of the Lake told her warrior. Take your sword and rise up. Jason looked uncertainly at the blade as it hovered in front of him. No, Korag said as he stepped forward. You are my apprentice. I will show you what true power is. With you at our side, the master will rise back to true power. Jason glared at the wolf knight. I don't think so, he said as he reached out and grabbed the sword. The blade glowed as he touched it as its chosen wielder took it up once again. You're going down, Jason told the armored figure in front of him. And how do you plan to battle me when I have all the power and you have none? Korag questioned. He then held his shield up in the air and began to chant, growing into his giant size. Come, Castros, the figure said as the dark horse headed his way, and the two merged into a warrior of some kind. This is not good, Jason said as he looked at the giant in front of him. They were interrupted, though, when a roar came from behind them, and they all turned to see that Fireheart was flying toward them. On the back of the dragon was the figure that had brought them all together to break the spell. 
As they passed over the group, the dragon shook itself, knocking scales off of himself and showering the others. The Mystic Force Rangers sighed as they felt their energy levels replenish themselves. All right, Fireheart, Nick said as he turned to look at Korag. Now there's something you don't see all the time, Chip said. They all turned to see that Jason was now glowing with black and red light. He held his hand out and a Mystic Morpher appeared in his hand. You're going down, pal, Jason told Korag. Magical Force Mystic Source, he said as he punched in the spell code of his Morpher. A bright flash of light, and soon there is another flash of light. Immortal Guardian of Time Dragon Ranger. They all watched as a new ranger was in front of them. Jason looked down at his costume. It was his original costume with black instead of white on the gloves, boots, and diamonds, and he was somehow wearing what looked like the dragon shield. Great, I look like one of my evil clones, he grumbled. Jason, the cloaked figure on Fireheart yelled out, you'll need this. Jason looked up and caught a flash of light that was speeding his way. He caught the item and looked at the familiar crystal in his hand. No way. Billy? He questioned. It's time to call on the power of thunder, Jason. Right, the dragon ranger agreed. I call upon the power of thunder, he said, raising his hand in the air. Tyrannosaurus, red dragon thunder zord power. Jason grinned as he saw the familiar form of his enhanced zord come into view. Let's do this, Jason said as he leaped into the air. Time to show them what we got, guys, Xander said as they went to Titan mode and switched to Dragon mode. The two dragons glared at the Wolf Knight and blew fire at him. The Wolf Knight held his shield up and blocked the flames. Switching to warrior mode, Jason said, as the dragon shifted into a human-like figure. You heard him, guys, Nick said. The mystic dragon changed into the mystic Megazord. The red zord drew its battle staff and charged while the mystic ranger's own sword appeared. Korag met the attack of the Red Ranger and blocked the attack from the Mystic Zord. He turned and caught the sword of the Mystic Ranger's sword and pushed back. Korag ducked beneath another blow from the sword and caught the Mystic Titan Zord with a blow that staggered the bigger zord. Turning it around, he faced the Red Dragon Zord. You think that zord will give you the power you need, my apprentice? Korag said, laughing. Let me show you what real power is. Wolf Blast he said as the eye in his shield opened up and blasted the zord to the ground. Before he could continue his attack, he was caught by the sword of the Mystic Ranger's zord. Why don't we see how you like getting hit, Vita said as they directed the sword to strike again. I think not, Korag said as he brought his shield up and stopped the attack. He then pushed, knocking the sword away and out of the grasp of the zord. Ha, now you're defenseless, Rangers. Now stay out of this while I gather my apprentice. I don't think so, pal, Jason said as he looked into the air. I call upon the power sword, he cried, and they all watched as the giant sword fell out of the air with a crack of thunder and sank into the ground in front of the zords. Now we're ready, Jason said as the mystic titans drew the giant sword from the ground. So be it, Korag said as he moved forward to deal with the rangers and the new sword that they now held. The rangers ducked his first attack and made a slash that dug deeply into the powerful knight's armor. As Korag stumbled from the blow, the rangers tried to rain down as many blows as they could. All right, it's time to give it to him at full power, Jason said as he jumped from his zord and landed on the head of the titan zord. Full power. All six of the rangers cried as they raised the power sword in the air. 
Lightning struck the sword, and they slashed downward and watched as Korag was knocked to the ground, his entire body smoking from the attack. You are strong, rangers. Almost strong enough to truly be a threat, Korag told them. When next we meet, I may not hold back my power. With that, Korag sank into the ground. The rangers all teleported to the ground and watched as Jason's ranger costume faded away. Well, that was interesting, the immortal said as his costume vanished. Those powers, those powers are still there, you know, Udana told the immortal as he shook his head a bit. With a bit of training, you could learn to use your magical powers. Jason smiled at her. Thanks, but no thanks, lady. I have enough powers as it is. If you ever need me, you know you can always summon me, he said, bowing to the woman. He then turned to Mystic Force. I'm sorry about what I did. I hope someday you'll be able to forgive me. No problem, man, Chip said as he shook hands with the former Red Ranger. You had no control over your actions. Thanks, Jason said as he then turned to Billy who lowered his hood. So, Jason said, scratching the back of his head. How much did you hear about my abilities? Enough from the Lady of the Lake, Billy said as he nodded to the woman floating above them. In fact, she's how I got here. Jason nodded to the floating woman. Thank you, my lady. It seems I am in your debt. Hardly, my warrior. You made a choice and have stayed true as a defender if I have need of you. I would truly hate to lose such a fine warrior as you. Thank you, Jason said before he turned back to the rangers as the woman disappeared in a rippling effect. So now you know why I can't stay, Daggeron, he told the knight. If I stay here and other immortals followed me here, there'd be a bloodbath. Your rangers aren't ready for that kind of fight just yet, and that's if they weren't killed for their power. Agreed, Daggeron said, nodding his head in agreement. It would be better for you to leave until the threat that the master represents is gone. Once he is gone, you shall always be welcome to stay in Briarwood. Thank you, Jason said. He snapped his fingers using the last of the extra energy from Fireheart to summon his motorcycle. He climbed on and a grinning Billy jumped on behind him. The power chamber? The power chamber, Billy agreed. It may hold the keys for getting home since magic is what brought me here and the lady is already gone. I also want to investigate some other things while I'm there as well. All right, then let's go, Jason said as he revved the engine and the two sped off going through the magic barrier and then onto the highway. Think we'll ever see them again? Madison questioned as they watched the two disappear. I hope so, Xander said. It would be interesting to know what a guy like him knows. Yes, but now they're gone and he showed us all what you need to work on, Daggerin said. So come, we have more training to do. The elder magic users grinned as they heard their charges groan. A figure stepped out of the shadows, while the blue ranger chewed the red ranger out. They got a point, man, the voice said. Sides, you're red, it's your job to do the real stupid and crazy battle charge. Now what's going on, Jason asked as he stalked out of the shadows, the sword of power visible as it was strapped to his back. Somehow I got teleported here by magic and the sword of power on me. The Lady of the Lake also isn't answering me anymore. She's always close by when I have a mission. So what happened? And what's happened to all the light? The Master is what happened, mate. He's taken out all the most powerful players first, Xander explained to the Immortal. Mystic Mother, Daggerin, and Leanbow are all gone, and the Snow Prince is too weak to fight, and it sounds like he may have taken your boss out as well. 
I think we were all tossed into this little dimension to deal with later. Soon he'll be coming after us, though, you know, the young man explained. Great, well, let's get this over then, shall we? Impossible fights are one of my best things, Jason said as he checked his sword. They were interrupted as a series of lightning bolts struck the rocks that were hiding them all. Jason was the only one still standing and stood guard between the master and the rangers. He watched as Nick began to charge himself with all of the power he could summon. You're going to need this, Jason said as he handed his sword over to Nick, who nodded and attacked the master. They watched as the Red Ranger impossibly managed to knock the creature back and stab him in the gut. They all rushed forward and grabbed onto Nick as they were then teleported back to Earth, only without any of their powers or weapons. They all turned and faced the Master as he stormed toward them. Jason drew a dagger from his back and held it at the ready as the Master sent his tentacles at them only for a magical shield to block the attack, and Claire stepped out with the Snow Prince and the Lady of the Lake. Things were quickly explained and Jason backed away from Mystic Mother as he recognized the face but did nothing. He let out a bit of a relieved grin when he saw Udana return from the supposed dead with backup in the form of a couple of heavy hitters. He let out a relieved sigh as the last of the ten terrors managed to blast through the master and beat him. He watched the celebrations coolly. Jason sighed as he looked over at Leanbow and Daggerin as they were being mourned. Don't look at me, Jason said while holding his hands up. My powers don't work like that. I can only heal myself. The others nodded in understanding. Necroly was then pushed forward by her daughter and healed the two somehow by pumping magic into the two knights. While the others were hugging, he couldn't help but notice that the power that was arcing around the Queen of the Vampires reminded him of a yellow quickening. A final surge of power in the Vampire Queen was human, much to the delight of her daughter. The happy times would have to be put off for later, though. Jason thought as the master rose once again. Nick managed to convince the others to stay and fight, and once that was obvious, the master began bragging how they were perilous. Jason picked up his communicator. Billy, I really hope those zords are ready, because we're going to need all the power that they have in a moment. Understood. Standing by for launch on your orders, Billy responded back. Good, Jason then watched as Mystic Mother reappeared and offered a riddle. While they wondered what it meant, people from the city and forest came and offered their magical energy stores to the rangers. Everyone gathered around all of them and gripped hands and shouted, We believe in magic! As the crowd parted, the Power Rangers stood there at the ready for the fight. Dragon Knight, Jason said, as calling out his new designation. He was once again dressed in the armor of the knight, though it was now in red and black instead of the black and gold from earlier. He held the Sword of Power at the ready. Wolf Warrior, Leanbow said, raising his shield up high. Solaris Knight, Leanbow shouted as he pushed his cape back. White Mystic Ranger, Udana called out, slamming her staff to the ground. Green Mystic Ranger, Pink Mystic Ranger, Blue Mystic Ranger, Yellow Mystic Ranger, Red Mystic Ranger. Explosions thundered behind them as the power returned to them all. We call forth the magic, together as one united for all time, Power Rangers Mystic Force. The Master glared at the unexpected return of the Defenders of the Earth. Give me that magic, he growled. You got it, they all cried and leaped into the air and began to pour the magic into the Master. The magic began to overload the creature, and in a moment he was gone, destroyed by all of the powerful magic. 
A rainstorm of magical energy fell down as all of the power was returned to the earth. Jason prepared his motorcycle for the trip he had already told the rangers and their friends goodbye. He looked the opposite way that he planned on going and nodded to Nick and his parents who would be traveling the other way. He watched as they took off and he was once again alone. He was about to gun his engine when the Lady of the Lake and Mystic Mother appeared. Jason sighed, wondering what the Rita lookalike wanted from him. You did well, young one, Mystic Mother told the boy. Thanks, Jason said, nodding uncertainly to the woman. I am not my sister, young one. Please do not make that mistake, the woman told the immortal impatiently. Jason blushed at this. Sorry. Yes, well, now to business. You are having too many morphers, Mystic Mother told the immortal. I have a way to deal with that problem. And what would that be? Mystic Mother waved her hand, and Jason started as his power coin appeared in the air hovering between the two of them. He felt a jerk in his pocket, and soon as Mystic Morpher had joined the coin and hovering in the air. The two women waved their hands, and soon there was a flash of light, and when the light faded, all that was left was the coin. The Dragon Knight is now your power-up, Jason, the Lady of the Lake told him. Jason nodded as he took the coin and slid it into his pocket. We shall see each other again, Mystic Mother said as the two disappeared in another flash of light. Jason looked at his power coin for a moment before slipping it back into his pocket. All the talk about family had affected him in ways that he hadn't realized. It was time to go and check on the others, even if they didn't know that he was there. He would end his checking up on people by visiting Kira, he thought as he pulled his helmet on and left the town.